to bear the weight of sin that was mine. Washing my river of into the sea of your Holy mama! Oh my gosh! Holy mama's back. Holy mama's back. Yeah, new new intro every week. Screw that. We'll see. Let's keep you on your toes, dude. Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. My name is Paul Lanigan. What's up, people? I'm Bennett or Bennett Diffley. I don't know why we still say our last names, but you never know. There's hopefully new listeners, you know. Yeah, and then the third guy's coming too. He'll be here right now. Maybe not. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> what's your name? What is up? My name Go is ahead. Daniel. Uh, other people call me Daniel Reed, uh, especially for new listeners, which is why we say our last names. You're obnoxious. The <laughs> We're in the mood uh, to argue tonight, yeah, friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a fun 45 minutes it's in this ready. call. So we've been preparing for this. <laughs> um, some call him Worship Daniel. I mean, it's a toss-up, though. Who? Who calls me that? <laughs> me. Everybody does, dude. Yeah, we, aren't you? The, the Instagram page did. Something says that you're... Or that's your identity. Worship Daniel. I don't know. It's not like it's 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 like a, a name though. It's not like don't worship him, but worship with him. Yes. He's leading the worship. Like Daniel, who is gifted in worship. I all right, I'm dropping this. Daniel, the one who worships. Stop. Stop. All right. Stop. All right. We're done. Hopefully you clicked on this episode because you are hungry for God's word. Um, we, I, I did coin flip. Um, <laughs> we are going over, uh, the spirit through us, hopefully is going over Ephesians two eleven through 22 today. Uh, and so quick recap before we talk about the last couple weeks, um, God planned and followed through on founding the church and the second covenant through Jesus Christ, his son. Um, Jesus has taken us who were once dead in sin Um, And made us alive in him solely by grace. And in this, we cannot boast in anything we've done because it is 100% backpacked by the God-man Jesus Christ and Mm -hmm. the Spirit in us. So that is Ephesians 2, more specifically. Uh, Thus far, hopefully you've listened to the last three episodes uh, as they have been used faithfully by the Lord in redeeming stories and and in and in adorning his word. Um uh, so super thankful for that. But um the part that a lot of people skip over of the podcast is where you guys get to connect with us. Um <laughs> uh, so Bennett, dude, how was the last couple weeks since we recorded? The last, yeah, the last couple of weeks have been good. Uh since you last heard from me, I'm uh out of the Diffley residence basement. Um and, and I'm back at school in the Cape Gerardo, the Cape G the CGZ, as people would uh, call it, around C-mo? these parts, the five seven three. So yeah, so we're back. Um, we're settled back into the house. Things are a little bit different around campus, obviously. Um, social distancing guidelines, um, mask wearing, all of those things are in place so that we can can be here and we can get an education. Um, but yeah, um, other than just kind of adjusting to um, all of those things that that I just mentioned, the as Simo likes to call them, the protect the nest guidelines because we are uh, Red Hawks. You know, a little clever, a little, you know, we're the nest here, you know, um, just birds in a nest. But, yeah, it's uh, it's been 
Um, it's been interesting to see how not only myself, but all my friends, uh, my peers, uh, my educators, my admin, like how everybody's just adjusting to, um, I hate saying it because it's just like, I've heard it a million times with this new normal, um, as people are calling it. So um, just remaining faithful in this time of transition, um, getting settled back here on campus and, and I'm finally starting to kind of um, kind of ease in, settle in. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the ground running with my books, um, spending a lot of fellowship with my friends who I haven't seen for months and months. So um, it's, it's uh, good as usual over here. Very blessed. I'm very grateful for what God's given me. Uh, Dan. What is up? Man, the last, how many weeks has it been? Two, three? Two? Three. I think it's three. three. Yeah, it was late August. Late, or, I mean, I mean early August. Heck yeah. Uh, what's been going on? School has started. My classes are interesting. They are challenging. Um, some of them, not all of them. Some of them are kind of slow. But, boom bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, boom <boom-boom> bonkers, <laughs> Paul would say. But yeah, I'm in some interesting classes. I'm learning a lot about the Hebrew prophets right now, so that's a lot of fun. Come on. Um, I've already started working on my first research paper for the semester, so praise God. Um, Vibes. Yeah, getting the opportunity to, I guess, live up to my now new nickname yep. that Paul and Bennett since given me of Worship Dan or worship whatever Daniel. that means. Um, <laughs> getting to lead worship on, I guess, just off campus technically. But, yeah, with the Salt Company from Hill City, my church here in Springfield, Missouri, uh, it's been a blast. Like, really such a blessing getting to just worship. I I was thinking about this today as I was trying to go to the gym this evening and then ended up walking around, was just how I connect with the Lord emotionally through worship. And emotions are interesting, especially if you're a man in today's day and age and you're like ah how do i how do i wrestle with you know expressing these emotions in a healthy way but also like not getting caught up in only emotions it's it's a weird it's a weird gray area and i've just been trying to step into that and be emotionally healthy and whatnot and walking through my discipler with all that stuff but yeah it was just talking with the lord this evening it was just praising him for just connecting with me emotionally, inviting me to really analyze my emotions and sit in them and not have, feel like I have to cope right away with sometimes what are perceived as negative emotions like sadness or anger, um, just, you know, the normal feelings. But, yeah, not to get on the soapbox too quickly, you know, I'll save that for when we get into the, the actual scripture. But, yeah, things are going well. Mm. Um, lots of ups and downs, but God's faithful, so – can't be can't be upset about it. Paul. Yeah, come on, baby. Holy cow. I well, back to the grind. Back to I just want to say first off that this feels like home sitting in this call with these two guys and I think that's so cool. That like the the gift that this is to uh to get to do this thing, to get for pure joy to exist and get to walk alongside these um these guys. It just feels like home and that that relates to um, a couple weeks ago, I was just experiencing like a really heavy heart, some things going on in my life, um, and it, it and it uh, pushed me towards the Lord as I as I knew it would uh, if I allowed it to. And 
it really shined like what it the value that it has to have soldiers for brethren as Daniel Reed and Bennett Diffley um, that the value in that and so um, just super reverent of the Lord and how he redeems sadness and he redeems um, tough emotions as Jesus experienced many of them as well and uh, since I've been back at school, I've had lunch or coffee or both in the same day or something with somebody or multiple people uh, every single day, basically. If I haven't had work all day or class all day, I have I have had that. Um, back with my mentor, Tim, and back with um, just, it feels, it feels so good. And Warrensburg has never felt so alive for the gospel of Jesus Christ and that's going on through the campus ministries. That's going on through the churches and the youth groups and everything. The people are just hungry for the word, and the people that 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 have found Christ um, are not hiding it. And so it just has been really encouraging start to the year so far with leading FCA and with um, all things going on. So I I can't complain, and it feels just like like a little taste of heaven to be doing this right now. So, um, there's breath in my lungs. Let's pour yes, out our praise. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Oh man. I need Yo, Bennett. I, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I hop back in real quick. I totally forgot a big thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if either of these two individuals ever listen to any of these podcasts, but two of my very good friends got married on Saturday and, I was blessed with the honor of not only being a groomsman uh, in the bridal party, but also getting to lead worship at the wedding. And it was arguably the most beautiful ceremony I have ever been a part of or been to uh, in a wedding. It was so, like, not relaxed. That isn't the right word, but everyone's, I say everyone's, like the bride and the groom and then the pastor who married them all their personalities came out in these really significant, profound ways. And it was just the coolest thing. The gospel was presented in like this short, sweet message. It wasn't like this long, lengthy sermon that was given, but it was like this probably 10 minute talk over the gospel and what God's picture of marriage is and why marriage is a thing. And then we've been going through Ecclesiastes at my church. And so our pastor who was marrying them, uh, tied the whole thing together, quoting Ecclesiastes, I don't know, four or five. And was just saying that the end of something is better than the beginning. And that applies to everything, but especially in marriage, um, which isn't the, you know, that's not the context originally given, but when you apply it to marriage, like the beginning is this beautiful thing. We hype it up, especially in Western culture. It's a big deal and it should be, but the end, should be so much better than the beginning because in the beginning you're just starting out and at the end you've been with each other you know from then on if everything goes according to god's will but i just i had to talk about it because i'm still just gassed over how mm. awesome it was but yeah sorry to sorry to, how about you? yeah no, that's awesome i that's love that sick. so I don't want to postpone our diving into God's word too long, um, though it is a joy to be back on the mic and be back representing pure joy and other things. Um, Bennett, will you pray over the scripture and over the listeners and everything before I have Daniel read this word? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, bow your head and uh, close your eyes with me. 
Lord, um, thank you for this day. Thank you for this night. Um, and, and thank you for the ability for us to get on, um, get on the internet and, and talk about your word, talk about your truth and talk about your love. Um, as we dive into Ephesians two, we're going to continue to talk about all of those things. Um, our relationship with you, um, your love and your grace, Lord. Um, and as we do that, I just ask that you be with us, guide us, um, let the spirit fill us, um, and, and just lead us through this Lord as, as we, as we dig into the, to the Bible truth, Lord, um, I just, I'm so, so overly thankful for, for Daniel and for Paul, for the Pure Joy Project and for each and every listener. Um, there's the, I mean, even if there's not a single person listening, whether there's one or one million, um, it, it's, it's, it's all glory to you, Lord. And it's just such a great thing um, that we get to do to, to talk about your truth and your word, Lord. Um, we love you so much. And as we get into Ephesians 2 tonight um, and finish up Ephesians 2, rather, um, I just ask that you be with us um, and you lead us and you love us, Lord. Mm. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Daniel, will you read Ephesians 2, 11 through 22? I would love to. <clears throat> Come on, baby. Yes, yeah, so this section is titled One in Christ. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at the, that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law commandments expressed in ordinance in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the two and one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility and he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him... You also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Hmm. Come on. Oh, since I already gave the the pretext, the review for Ephesians, we know that that Christ has saved us, redeemed us from death. Um, we have no reason to boast, and every reason to be reverent and to praise. Um, so here we are, um, going deeper. Right, I want to start with verses 11 through 13. Um, it is really just a blessing to have Scripture read over us. That's magic. Um, but therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, 
you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So who wants to start us off talking over this a little bit? I'm still chewing on it. So, Dan, if you want to go ahead and uh, take it. Yeah, I got some stuff. So, yeah, a little bit of context before we dive in and unpack. Um, it's really interesting here how Paul is addressing the hostility between Jew and Gentile. So, background, the Jews are God's chosen people, right? The nation of Israel, which then became Israel and Judah, Judah being the southern nation. Um, they're all they're all from the father uh, Abraham and Genesis, and they're God's chosen people through the covenant that God made with Abraham and then with Moses and then with David. And so there's now been a new covenant that has been made through Christ. And the covenant is, is that the Jews, while they're still God's people, God's people has been extended to all people that are in Christ. And so that's kind of what's being addressed here. And Jews historically have a lot of, I'd say, hatred towards the Gentiles just because they're heathens, they're not God's people, and mainly they don't adhere to the laws of Moses, which is really what was emphasized because that is how one was in good standing with God through adhering to the laws and then offering sacrifice when they broke those laws. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at when we're jumping into this. But yeah, so in verse 11, talking about circumcision versus the uncircumcision. So the circumcision is a reference to the Jews. The uncircumcision is the ref, is a reference to the Gentiles. And that's that's really kind of what, what he's getting at. Like I talked about, there's a divide between the two. And then he gets into there being a separation from Christ, the Gentiles prior to Jesus were separated from God because Christ did not yet come. They were not God's people. And so that is such a big statement to make. And if you're like, you're following along with your Bible, please underline or highlight it. If you mark up your Bible. Um, yeah. Verse 12. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. And this carries over to anyone that is not living a life in Christ Jesus, if you have not professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're living without Christ. You're not connected to God. And that is a terrifying, terrifying place to be. So the lack of hope and being far from God literally has everything to do with the separation from Christ, right? These people are far from God because they're separated from Christ. And to be without Christ is literally to be dead. Like Ephesians 2, 1 says this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So because of our sins, we we have nothing. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves alive because the dead are dead, mm-hmm. right? There's there's nothing you're gonna be able to do to get out of that. It's permanent. It's an endless death, right? Mm-hmm. So being dead, you're also without hope. Romans eight eighteen, right? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And the glory that's being referred to there is being in eternity with heaven, right? And so there's no hope for that. If, you, if you're separated from Christ, there's no hope for heaven because he's the only way into heaven. Hmm. And other than without hope, you're without rest. Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, 
all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. <laughs> Jesus alone. True rest is not found anywhere else but through Christ. And other than without rest or without fulfillment or without peace, Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace comes from Jesus, knowing that you are kept and protected in him. Other than without peace, you're without safety. And then finally, you're without a connection to God, which is the biggest thing. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hmm. Spurgeon put it this way. Spurgeon's a big time philosopher, or not, excuse me, philosopher, theologian. Says this, without Christ, if this be the description of some of you, we need not talk to you about the fires of hell. Let this be enough to startle you, that you are in such a desperate state as to be without Christ. Oh, what a terrible evil lies clustering thick within these two words, without Christ. It's mm. a big deal. Yeah. Come on, baby. Ooh. Dan, thank you. Praise God. Um, so at, I was going to cover the, the Jews and Gentiles, the separation. I think you did an incredible job understanding that the Gentiles not only were not near to God and had no access to God, but they were being alienated by the Jews as well um, and were looked down upon as the uncircumcised and the, um, the I don't know, the unruly. Um, and so I, I was going to focus on the words without Christ. Um, the, the two words that I um, was led to stress on, right? It means a life without peace, joy, light, uh, love, life, etc., um, and, and one that is completely inauthentic. Like if without Christ we live, um, we act as if we're living, there is no living apart from Christ. And so I, um, it's just a, it, at that point it becomes a game of like distracting yourself without Jesus, your life melts into like, how can I distract myself? The greatest things in people's lives who don't know Jesus are, are like, things that distract them are things to look at things to watch things to do things that take them out of their head and so the idea of being without christ absolutely terrifies me and so i um i think about where the gentiles were at at this time and then the gift right paul in acts 22 like preaching freely to the gentiles um being led by the lord to do so um and the world has never been the same since praise god and uh and so after this separation that is so daunting and so intimidating, uh, we see verse 13, right? That Christ alone has brought us near to the throne by his blood, like by his blood, um, near to the throne, confident with the throne and made new, given new opportunity. Um, and so like, like what a God, what a story. Uh, and, and like, just pushes me to reverence of like at one time we were apart from him and we have been given every chance to be near to him now by one sacrifice we don't deserve basically mm. Go ahead. <clears throat> Bennett, if you got anything to add please yeah just a just a little a little thing there verse 13 is kind of that thing that we always seem to talk about but jesus it says but now in christ jesus uh you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of christ so there's that but Jesus again. 
Um, and, and, and that's just so, so uh, filling. So just so humbling and, and so gracious. Um, we're going to get down to verse 19 um, in a little bit, but I want to connect that back. So remind me there in verse 13 and I'll connect it later. Um, and then the other thing that I was reading um, in verse 12, um, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. That covenant is what Daniel was talking about with Abraham and Moses and David. Um, that was his promise that, that the Jews were um, God's chosen people. Um, but the thing is, there were also Jews in that group of people um, that were alienated from, from what they're, what they're saying, the Commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant. Um, and, and those were um, Jews as well as Gentiles. Um, those Jews that did alienate the other Gentiles, those Jews that just didn't follow the laws of Moses, they were included in that alienation um, without Christ. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just wanted to add that in there that it wasn't only Gentiles, but, um, but Jews alike, um, and, and just those who were, um, stuck in or dead in their faith and, and, um, not following the laws of Moses. So that's a, that's almost another thing for me to say, um, like, okay, I believe in Jesus Christ. I, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. But what am I doing with that? Am I, am I dead in my faith? Am I, am, I, mm. am I complacent in that? Or am I, am I working to, to not only obey his commandments, but to love others like he loves us? Mm. Um, and am I, am I moving the kingdom? Because if not, then um, you're, just like, you're just like the Gentiles, alienated from the commonwealth and strangers to the covenant. So that's kind of what was on my mind there from, verse 12 to verse 13, but I really like verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, mm. but Jesus is kind of That's what fire. I read there. So are you living within the new life you've been given? Mm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Come on. Um, 14 through 16, Bennett hit it. Um, <clears throat> for he, verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, 16, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Hmm. We have been We have been reconciled by Jesus. I think the idea like these words don't hit quite as hard as they should. Um mm. a lot of times the idea that that Christ on his mission is to reconcile us to God um in one body through the cross. Uh killing the hostility that's caused by um uh, by us and our departure. First uh, John 1:7 says, "But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another." And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Um, this is a fellowship with Jesus, a fellowship with each other, um, a new living, a new living amongst each other because of what Jesus has done. Um, and he is still reconciling us, guiding us and redeeming us today, um, calling our hearts for newness and intimacy and relation. Um, and that is just... Oh, such a gift like what what life it brings to to be around people submitted to the lord 
and just how like incredibly rich that is mm-hmm. scripture coming to life in my in in my own living yeah i really like that um and then in verse at the start of verse 14 um for he himself is our peace uh who has made us both one and has broken down the wall in his flesh broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility um and uh the little side note that i have here pulled up um just kind of kind of uh refocuses that 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 Jesus is our peace. He didn't make he didn't only make peace between Jew and Gentile, between fellow people, between Christ, God and man. Um he didn't he didn't only make that peace, but he is our peace. Um he is where we get peace from. Um so so I really like that point there. I'll let you get or if Dan has something I'll let him jump in there. Take the baton, Danny, what you got? Yo a few things. So, yeah, I think you both touched on it. Four-word statement. It's not saying that Jesus brings us peach. Peach. He brings us peaches. Yeah. No. Come back. Uh, yeah. So, he does. It's not just saying that he brings us peace, which he does, but it's saying that Jesus is our peace. Hmm. Just like God is love. Jesus is our peace. It's who he is. Hmm. And I want to just pause on that for a second because it's such a profound thing. What do I have to fear if my hope is truly in Jesus? If in spite of my deepest, darkest sin that I don't want to tell anybody because it's it's horrifying and it's gross and i don't even want to deal with it myself jesus still died for me Hmm. what what do i have that's going to upset my peace what what do i have that's going to make me anxious and granted like hear me i'm not saying that like i never deal with anxiety because if you've listened to our our anxiety episode which you definitely should you you know that's not the case (laughs) But the thing is, Jesus is our peace, a never-ending, constant supply of it, of peace, which is something we're all chasing after. Hmm. So I strongly wanted to emphasize that. Um, and then another really interesting, really interesting phrase. Paul writes here is just the idea of uh, the wall being broken down uh, in the flesh of Christ. So what's being talked about here is there's – there's no separation now. There's no Jew and Gentile circumcised and uncircumcised. There's just God's God's church, capital C. It's God's people. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you see this in the Gospels too. After Jesus dies, right, what happens in the temple? The veil is torn, right, which is what separated God and meeting with the high priest versus the regular people. And so now there's there's no need for the separation because we are now – close with God. There's, there's no separation anymore, right? Jesus intercedes on our behalf. And so now there's no, there's no barrier between us and God, but more than that, there's no barrier between us and each other as the body of Christ, which is such a huge thing. And here's Hmm. what's really interesting. And Paul talked about this, how the Jews were even condemning other Jews. Check this out. Paul at the time when he was writing this, was under house arrest in Rome, which most people know. But 
he was awaiting trial because he was falsely accused by the Jews of taking a Gentile into the temple past the literal wall of separate. Like there literally was a wall to keep Gentiles out and women. There was a literal wall and he took, he was accused of taking this Gentile into the temple past the wall of separation, dividing the Jews and the Gentiles. And that's so interesting because this literal wall, which is which Paul is referenced here, no longer needs to stand because there's no separation now between Jew and Gentile. We all fall under the common lordship of Jesus Christ, hmm. which his lordship is transcending any of the divisiveness, any of the differences between us, you and me. We're all Gentiles, technically. I mean, it can kind of go either way. Um, depending on your ethnicity, but I mean, economic status, racial status, political status. I mean, there's so many different things that divide us together, divide us today. Hmm. They don't, they don't need to stand hmm. right. Especially, especially in the body of Christ, right? We disagree, like different churches, different denominations dif- disagree on different key principles which some of them are bigger than others but here's the thing if and it's it's on an individual level but if that person has a relationship with christ there is more that is connecting you than what is dividing you and so there no longer needs to be this wall of separation that paul is referring to here because jesus literally took it on his flesh and died for it Mm. Let us let us not be so prideful as to think like we can put any um, any walls up that we can be the captain of our own peace that we can like I don't know do anything divine in our own nature right I was it was like this kind of reminds me of like the people like fighting desperately to keep churches open like like doors open that people can. Um, that they can come in and hold services and worship and things. And I'm like, how prideful are we to think that our God will not like do work outside of these walls that were built by human hands, you know? Mm. Um, so in that same way, like as we are being made into a dwelling place by the spirit, let us not be so prideful as to think that God won't do work um, in, in us and, and in our relationships and in these things, though they are not perfect and and are full of, um, sin and frustration and all these things like we need to to put aside ourselves and allow the Lord um, to do the reconciling and the redeeming I think um, and so if nobody else has anything to add we're gonna do 17 through 21 yeah let's hit it come on baby. <clears throat> I'm on that I'm on that um, and then 17 here and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near 18, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Hmm. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Um, we're going to save that last verse and chat about that as 22, but 
I am oh woof. Um, so we huh. have been given a divine access um, and a div- and like a Hebrews ten confidence in approaching the throne. Um, as he has cleansed us, washed us clean with his blood, given us new identity, new opportunity, and new name. Um, he has invited us into his courts, his chosen people, and his royal priesthood. Like, that is inc- ridiculous. Yeah. First uh, Peter 2, 9. Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact wording of it. Um, but we are chosen, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, um, that, that the Lord, it's kind of what I referenced, that like, the Lord has given us new new opportunity and new um like this is this has spoken itself true in my life. Like as I was praying this morning, walking out, I was finishing up a thirty six hour fast as I woke up this morning. And so my quiet time was the end of this. And it was for the purpose of connecting with the Lord and and being in prayer, praying over pure joy, praying over FCA, praying over all these things. And, um, and as I was praying this morning, as I was walking to my, to my spot, I was going to get in the word. I was really, my eyes were open to the, to the opportunity and the newness that Jesus has brought in my life. The, who am I to come from a lower middle-class family and have no, nothing special about me and have the opportunity to steward God's grace, uh, to share it and to attempt to live it and to have a divine role by the Spirit in other people's lives. Who am I? And so it's just incredible, the opportunity that he's called us to. There is no partiality in the gospel of Christ, as it says in Galatians 2. Like, how amazing is that? That we get an equal opportunity to do ministry and go to war uh, for the sake of Jesus and his grace. And, and I love that you, that you were saying that Paul, because for the listeners, when we get on the mic uh, before we start an episode, rarely do we actually ever talk about what we're going to say. We kind of just catch up and chat. And and that, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about um, God is that he uh, he knows what we're gonna say. And so when I referenced earlier from verse 13 and I said I wanted to talk about verse 19, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about because in verse 13 he says, but now in Christ, uh, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself's our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Um, Verse 19, or verse 18 and 19 really said, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That big C church that Dan was talking about earlier and what Paul was just talking about. Little old me, little old Bennett Diffley from Fenton, Missouri, come, just coming from a very average family, of just a, a like Paul was saying, like middle of the road kind of guy. Who am I to be considered with the, like with the saints and the members of the household of God, the, the same apostles that are talked about in the Bible and are written about? I'm right there next to him, right there. Like Paul was saying, there's no partiality in the big C church. Like we all get to share the gospel and he loves us all. And it, it's just so crazy to think that, that the apostle Paul and my best friend Paul, same hmm. thing. 
not not same thing, but fellow citizens with the saints Yo. and members of the household of God. Huh. Exactly the same. There's there's no difference. One of them just lived a really long time ago, and one's living right now. So oh, that's big. So chew on that for a Come second. On, baby. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and the mm. members of the household of God, the big C church, oh. capital C church. Right. First Thessalonians church. 2, you've been approved and entrusted with the gospel of Christ. Mm. How are you using it? Are you living in the life you've been granted? That's good. Well. Go ahead, mm, D. Yeah. Um, I split it up a little differently, but I think the two big ones I wanted to touch on, big verses, were 17. Nope. 18 and, and 20. But I like 22. Here's the thing. 18 is wild. Um, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. I love this verse because it is a direct reference to the Trinity. Big fan. And then I'm going to get into the, like I did a little word study on the word access here. And that is very interesting as well. I love how intentional Paul is. Paul, the apostle and Lanigan, both of them are with their words, but this is so interesting. So it says for through him, him being Jesus, we both have both being the Jews and the Gentiles. We both have access in one spirit, the Holy spirit to the father. Father God. It's literally all three. It's each of them play into each each other. So we have access in the spirit to God the Father because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is such a cool thing. Mm. And then what it gets even deeper. So access is a Greek word. I'm gonna oof, this is hard. Come on. It's like Prosegoyi. Yes. Something like that. I don't I don't speak Coptic, but pretty sure that's how you say it. So access equals prosegoyi is what I have in my notes. And this is what it translates to, which is really cool. So prosegoyi is kind of the idea of being first introduced in the presence of a king. So if you're if you're welcomed into the throne room, right? And here comes Jesus introducing you at the foot of the throne where God the Father sits. That's prosegoi hmm. playing out right there. Which it might not seem like a huge thing in the way I just described it, but like the thought or just the image that I have playing out in my mind is, I don't know. It, mm. it gets me going just because it kind of gives me like Isaiah six vibes of being in the throne room of God and just standing in awe in front of the infinite, completely powerful, all knowing omniscient, omnipresent God that I have the honor of serving because of Jesus. Mm. And that just lights me up. That's such a cool thing. And then, what is it? Verse, uh, it's verse 22. Well, so we're going to save it. But yeah, yeah, in verses 19 and 20, it talks about Christ being the cornerstone. And if you haven't heard this, I don't even know what 
grammatical structure you would call it, but you could call it an analogy, I guess, um, or a metaphor. It's probably the right word, a metaphor. Um, Christ being compared to the cornerstone is ever everything is built upon the cornerstone. The cornerstone, especially when regarded in ancient Israel and Greece and Rome, the cornerstone was the most important part. The foundation wasn't. Everything was built upon the cornerstone. And so without Christ, there is no body. There is no big C church because it's all built upon the foundation. That is Jesus Christ, his perfect life, his death, his resurrection three days later, and then his ascension to the right hand of God. Hmm. It's all built upon that, his sacrifice, his taking of the punishment that we deserve, right? Him taking our death and in turn giving us his eternal life. It's all built upon that. That's everything. The peace that we talked about, Hmm. that's what that peace is built upon. The cornerstone that is my punishment being paid for. It's called atonement. It's called... Oh, what's the other word? It's a big word, Paul. It talks about it in First John. Reconciliation. Propitiation. Propitiation. There you go. That's mm-hmm. what I was looking for. Come on, baby. Propitiation. Christ is the propitiation for our sins, the equal atonement, the hmm. equal offering for what we have earned in our rebellion from God. Hmm. That's what I got until twenty. Come on. Dan, will you read 21 and 22 together for us? Yeah. Come on. 21 and 22. Just talking about Christ. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Hmm. I'm going to run that back. You did an incredible job. but In whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Hmm. Imagine, like, we are literally being, if we are submitting to the Spirit, we, our our church, little c, our big C church, our um, relationships, our hearts are being molded into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit in them. Um, I, I pray um, and will pray after we get done going over this um, that our hearts and minds are renewed and submitted to allow the Lord residence in our hearts. Um, in our citizenship, like, like hearts, it's hard to put words to it, right? That rather than residence, maybe citizenship in our hearts, that, that the Lord is just there and is chronic and is constant and is working. Um, Ephesians 4.23, right? Ephesians 4.22 talks about putting away your old self and 4.23 says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Um, that, that we are being in the way we think, in the way we walk and act, we are being renewed by the Spirit in us. 
Um, and Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen talks about um, also talks about renewal um, that that day by day we are being renewed as our outer self is wasting away, um, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That we are in our daily submission and and love for the Lord, we are allowing Him residence in our hearts um, where He is to dwell, and for allowing the Spirit to do that. And if our fullest peace and joy, um, and if our ability to live in this new life is when we are abiding in the Lord um, and He in us, then I want to be so open to this idea of the Lord dwelling in me by the Spirit and dwelling in my relationships and Christ being the cornerstone in each thing. That we are placing Him at the cornerstone of our sports, placing Him at the cornerstone of our faith, at the cornerstone of our families, of our relationships, and all these things. That if things are built on a foundation that is Jesus Christ, that is peace, that is love, they will be infinitely more fulfilling. Yeah, <clears throat> I love that, Paul. That that that's kind of where um, where my where my heart was going to. Um, the I, I love the way Dan described the cornerstone um, and 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 how it's it's the stone that binds all the other stones in the building together. It's the most important one in the structure, the one on which its stability is depended upon. Um, and then we go on and say, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Um, and and when I read verse 21 and verse 22, um, my little footnote here talks about how um, this isn't a haphazard pile of stones, right? This is a, a strategically, perfectly designed building, right? He didn't just take a bunch of people and throw it and, and just like, meh, it'll get put together. No, he intricately, perfectly designed it um, to be this way. There's no chance when it comes to God. Um, and, and so he calls you and he calls me and he calls all of us. Um, and, and that's not by chance. Um, and so the whole structure, when it comes together, becomes this beautiful, holy temple for the Lord. Um, but you got to hear the call first. Um, and, and, and here it is so perfectly laid out in Ephesians 2, um, that, that the wall, the wall of division is broken down by Christ's blood and, and, and the flesh of Jesus, um, dividing that wall of hostility from verse 14. And, oh, it just, uh, it just gets me going because I, I really like, um, to think about each person in this big C church, um, as just one stone in the building. And like I said, there's no chance when it comes to God and, and, and he's the perfect, the perfect architect, um, the, the perfect builder. So, um, that's what I got. Hmm. That's good, Benny. Yeah, the last thing that I had um, in verse 22 was when it talks about the dwelling place of God. Um, as we're built together with Christ being the cornerstone, and like you said, nothing's just thrown willy-nilly anywhere. And what's, what's really interesting, going even deeper into that, is that nothing, no one is put or placed even where they typically expect. Like I look at the original disciples and I see Peter, a man who was not educated, was a fisherman and constantly put his foot in his mouth. Yet a few books later, 
in Acts chapter 2, he preaches in front of like some 4,000 people plus. And then thousands of new Christians are sprouting up every day. Hmm. This man who constantly has just said stupid things and was known for being you know, quick to anger and was not educated whatsoever, was speaking beautifully through the Spirit in him. And if I can tell you all, we have the same Spirit inside of us. Hmm. If you have Christ in your life, if you're living a life dedicated to Christ because of his death and resurrection for you, you carry around the same God inside you that Peter did. Hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be used in the same way, but it means that, that God is still capable of the same works. It's so that like Paul was talking about earlier with the Hebrews level of confidence, the confidence should be out of this world because God is. Huh. There's no, there's no lack. You're, you lack nothing. You have everything because if you're in Christ, you have God with you all the time. But the dwelling place of God, this is so cool. So both through the Holy Spirit and the big C church that is made up of all the believers all over the world, it's not just one building. All of this is becoming the dwelling place of God. This is where God lives now. You know, in the Old Testament, up through the New Testament, the temple is the dwelling place of God. That's where God was. And before then, it was the tabernacle. And before the tabernacle was set up, it was the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. Now it's us. We, the Big C Church, as members of the body, carry around God in us. We have become the dwelling place of the Lord. Like, Bennett, Paul, and I joke about it all the time, about how your body's a temple because we all enjoy fitness stuff. It is like while we joke about it, it's a fact. Hmm. Your body is a temple because you literally carry around the living God inside you yeah. Come on. through the Holy Spirit. Bought with a price. First Corinthians six nineteen twenty. Come on, temple bought with a price. And that's and that's what I had. Just the confidence uh, that you are not fighting alone. Matter of fact, you're not even carrying the majority of the weight. I'm not carrying the majority of the weight, and I lose sight of that. Don't think that oh, Daniel's saying this because he has it all together. No, we don't. No, I was thinking about this earlier. I struggle with feeling burdened by my emotions, especially negative ones. And, you know, whatever struggle, whatever other struggles I'm facing in the given moment, I feel burdened by them. But then by the grace of God, I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit that I am not doing the majority of the heavy lifting. The burden's been carried for me. I am under a very light and easy yoke. Hmm. I I don't carry the heavy stuff. God does it for me because I'm not strong enough to. And you aren't either, and that's okay. So I challenge you as I work on growing in this myself, cry out to the Lord and say, God, I am broken and I'm a sinner, but I know that you are able and willing, that you are with me, that you care for and love me, hmm. and I need you. That's it. There's no, there's no perfect prayer. There's no, 
say this prayer and then, you know, X, Y, Z will happen. But it's about tending to the relationship that you have with the Lord and building and building that. And it, it's going to go up and down. Mine does at times. Hmm. But cultivating that relationship hmm. is important because it alleviates the burden of whatever. Life's heavy in general. Yeah. Mm, come on. I um uh, before I pray over um everybody, everybody listening, you guys, me, um, I guess I just want to raise a few questions, right? That is are you living um in the new life you've been granted? Are you crucifying your old self, putting away your old self? Or or are you, those two references are Ephesians 4 and Galatians 2. Um, but are you, are you living as if the Spirit of God is inside you? Um, there is no cap to what the Lord will do through faithful action and submitted hearts. And I encourage you guys um, to, to boldly pray uh, that the Lord gives you a heart of faithfulness and shows you where he wants you to work, um, where, where he wants you to put your effort, your time, and your energy, right? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, um, he says that, uh, that he's willing to spend and be spent for the sake of souls. And, and are we willing to spend and be spent for the sake of souls? Because this life isn't even our own. And so uh, let us build let us build everything on a foundation of Jesus Christ in our lives and see just what he can do. I'm going to pray. God, you are faithful. Um, You you love us so much and that is just who you are is love. God, we cannot fathom the way you love, the way that you beside yourself without, with very little thought of gain or repercussion, you love us, you pursue us, you care about us. Lord, thank you for your infinite character and just who you are and the joy it is to serve you. Lord, I pray that you give us all hearts of faithfulness, hearts of gratefulness, hearts of reverence, uh, Lord, that that we can draw near to you with a confidence that we've been made new and given new life in Jesus and that you will use us, giving us new names and new identities. Lord, I pray that you guide us all into building each thing in our lives with the foundation of you, that you are on the throne and we keep our eyes resting on you in everything. God, you are just so good. Spirit, fellowship with us. Um, Fellowship with us right now, uh, wherever we're at, every listener, wherever they're at, but also in their day, in their conversations, in their lives. Be there. Uh, Be working. Be present. Um, And just guide us in every step, thought, word, and action. 
I pray that the, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart are right in your sight, Lord, that you are increasing as we decrease. Um, God, thank you for this word. Thank you that you divinely inspired every single bit of it, every word. That in 1 Peter 2, it talks about these prophecies were by no man, but by the Spirit of God speaking through them. Um, Lord, thank you that you've given us these 1,500 pages, roughly, to master, um, and for giving us a heart to master them. Uh, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that we live as if the words we say about you are true in your goodness and your faithfulness. Um... God, I just love you. We just love you. And come before you humbly asking you to do an incredible work in us. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. See you guys next week. Hit that button. Come on, baby. You're good.